I want to wish good evening from Dubai and good morning to all our friends who are joining us from the US. My name is Sharad Agarwal and I'm the founder of onlywebinars.com. I'm pleased to welcome all of you to today's webinar. We have a very interesting topic and a very relevant one at that, which is the role of community, especially in times of change. And this past year has been challenging for all of us, regardless of where we come from, regardless of where we reside, it's been challenging times. But you know, it's also, they say every crisis creates opportunities. And let me tell you my own story. I, I did not know of Zoom until post-COVID. That's when I did my first virtual event. And once I downloaded Zoom, I realized I could connect with people across continents. And so within a week of attending that first webinar, I launched onlywebinars.com. And here we are today on this platform. I'm already reaching out to 37 participants from three continents. How cool is that, right? So that's, that's how you need to look at a crisis and then you got to look at the opportunities. And I think uh, today's discussion is going to uh, explain to us the role of community, the support system that we all need to fall back upon in times of any crisis. So moving on to today's topic, I have to introduce to you my co-host actually, Susan Furness. Hi, Susan. Hello Susan, there, how are you? Susan is an edge worker and she'll explain to you in a bit what that means. She is also a thought leader She's a strategist. And for me, she's the person who connects people, connects all the dots, and creates magic. Also, I want to introduce to you our two panelists, Francesca Cassini. Hello, Francesca. You are coming in all the way from UK. You are the founder of Silver Tent, a huge community of over 7,000 women and growing. And I think all of you are changing the world and I applaud you for what you are doing. Our second panelist is Rajiv Daswani, right here from Dubai. He's the founder of a happiness coaching center. And if any of you or all of you want to feel good about life, Rajiv is your go-to person. Hi, Rajiv. Hey, everyone. It's also Hi. my privilege to welcome Dr. Judy Neal, the founder and author of Edgewalkers. Judy is an expert in spirituality in the workplace. And we'll be hearing from her a bit later on her takeaways from today's conversations. Hi, Dr. Judy. Okay, now just a little bit on the housekeeping front. Uh, we have the chat uh, window open. So please feel free to reach out to us with your comments, questions. Towards the end of our session, Susan and I will be happy to take in your questions. Also, uh, what I want to say is there'll be a recording available of this webinar. So in case you miss out on any of it or want to share it with your friends and colleagues or family in your own community, 
we will send you the link and it will also be posted on onlywebinars.com. So I think it's time for me to hand it over to Susan to take the proceedings forward. Over to you, Susan. Thank you, Shara. Thank you so much. Welcome everyone. Um, those of you all I know and those I don't. So, you know, we're really, really in the energetics of creating new community today. And I'm just very excited by that. And, um, and so I think that sort of takes me into sort of say, first of all, so, so what is the definition of community? And um, yeah, well, I suppose it can be whatever we would like it to be, but as long as it means that we are in unity together, I don't know, but look, here's one of the bits that I like, and that's actually taking the word community and just breaking it so that we've got common unity. Now, one of my sort of early, early favorite authors is uh, M. Scott Peck. And, you know, you may know him for the book, uh, The Road Less Traveled and, you know, the, the further along the road less traveled. I mean, The Road Less Traveled, the first line in the book is, uh, life is difficult, full stop. And then the second line, the beginning of the next chapter says, but when you know that it becomes so much easier. And then, you know, a few years later, I think that was written in 78, in about um, uh, 19, early, in the early 80s, he wrote um, The Different Drum. And would you believe it? I've moved so many times and I am a bit of a nomad, but I found it today. <laughs> the Different Drum has traveled with me. And in here, um, he has, oh gosh, can I see it now? I mean, this is the thing, I'll have to put that light on and I might even have to put my specs on a minute, but you know, M. Scott Peck, of course, who is not, who's not with us any longer, he's got his wings and he's away, he says, community is and must be inclusive. And he says, actually, the great enemy of community is exclusivity. And he describes that of groups that exclude others. So I wonder if he went fast forward into 2021 when, of course, um, marketeers, and I'm supposed to be one of them, you know, call different community groups or audience groups niches, <laughs> you know. So, uh, you know, for so so, where does exclusivity and inclu inclusivity, you know, become one in community, and so that we get common unity? So, and I'm saying that because, of course. Um, um, Francesca particularly has really honed in on what I would call a wonderful niche community that I don't believe in any way, Francesca, and you can talk to this later, excludes anyone, but it does indeed um, uh, hone in on women over 50. And, you know, and I, you know, I've got here as well um, a book by Sue Brightman, um, who some of you have may have seen before, one of our um, community members who recently published a book for women only 50, um, you know, a call to further becoming. Um, and so, you know, I mean, but all of this, of course, and I do like to show you the books, you know, dovetails beautifully into the book that Dr. Judy Neal wrote in 2006, Edgewalkers, and that sub, title there says um, people and organizations that take risks, build bridges and break new ground. So how beautiful is it or not? I think very beautiful to do that 
in community, in common unity. And beyond that, you know, with a little dose of direction from common purpose and indeed a lot of common sense. And in fact, in, in Dr. Judy's work, um, the five skills of the edge walker, in fact, it's the, it, yes, the five skills of, edge, of the edge walker is the first one is sensing the future. So if you go back to there and you've got common sense and sensing the future. Um, so um, that really sort of brings me on then, I think, just to really open up the panel. But, and, and the panel, of course, as you know, is with Francesca and with Reggie. So you can both come off mute now because I'm going to um, roll straight into you in two ticks. And, but are you okay there, Francesca? We can get you off mute. Maybe Sharad can help on that. There we go. I'm going to come back onto camera. And so before we do that, I mean, just in, are you okay, Franny? Yeah. So uh, Sharad, can we get mute? Yes, there we go. So um, in, in, that, in that great energy, Fran, I'm going to not leave all of the books just to everyone else, you know, but in the energy of community, common unity and embracing niches and embracing inclusivity, uh, Fran has written a book and look at the title of that. <laughs> it's called Together We Rock. And I think that gives us a wonderful bridge into today. So I'm going to actually start with you, Francesca, if you don't mind. So community, I've just talked about community is being inclusive and not necessarily exclusive. What does it mean to you? Oh, that's such a such a great question. And I was a little bit concerned about that exclusivity kind of um, idea, because, of course, this is for women, specifically over 50. <coughs> But what community in general means to me is a space where I can connect with like-hearted people. And I was thinking about the difference between like-hearted and like-minded. And because I used to always think about being with like-minded people. But I think if we're with like-hearted people and we're coming from the heart, there is that sense of openness and inclusivity. There is that sense of, let me see the best of this person, or let me see what these people are like. And there's a, an opportunity within community to be, to be witnessed. So if we are being embraced by a like-hearted community, the way that I experience it is that I get seen, I get witnessed, and are not necessarily told things that I just want to hear. But I think within that kind of space is the opportunity to grow, that we can approach others from the perspective of, of love, of moving towards like a, a higher iteration of, of ourselves, I guess. And so yeah. I see it very much as this kind of um, expansive crucible for each one of us. Oh, but, well, I mean, let me just take all of that and say, I mean, what comes to me actually is that's a wonderful sort of embrace of what community is and what it means to you. And I love this talking in to your heart, you know, for like hearted people as opposed to the like minded people, which is the more BC phrase, isn't it? Before Corona, but now really coming into, you know, DC and AC after Corona, the heart the heart age but you know if that is community 
to you, Francesca. What's the absence of community? What does that mean to you? How does that feel? Uh, this is really interesting because I would have thought if you'd asked me a year ago, oh, no, actually, probably more than that. What am I thinking? Say five years ago, I would have said that I'm, I'm more comfortable out of a community. I've always experienced myself as a bit of a loner, a loner. Um, but I realized when I really posed that question to myself is that if I don't have community around me, if I'm always relying only on myself, that there's a sense of being at home for me in that. But it means that I can become very rigid in my thinking. There's no one else to witness me. There's no one to bounce ideas off. There's no one to say, listen, what the hell are you talking about? You know, what are you doing? There's no... There's no sense of anyone calling me to responsibility. So for me, that absence of community, even though it can feel really comfortable, it doesn't allow me to grow in the same mm. way as being within community. And mm. I think community has to be, for me, as vital as, as alone time. Oh, thank you so much. I'm going to take that word growth and and turn it into build and then go over to you, Rajiv, with that sort of inquiry, you know, why build communities? And in your case, why build communities that you uh, sort of hone around happiness? Wow. Um, following up, first of all, Francesca, I love what you just shared because it's, it's so powerful. Um, we talk about, and, and, and Susan, I like how you you referred to Corona, right? So, so after Corona, as we approach the AC, hopefully soon. But you know, in times like today, where we are, where we are dealing with a the the reality of the pandemic, and we realize that building communities today is imperative for us all, as we as we need more support, right? As as a lot of us realize that it's best for us to maybe you know stay safe, to stay at home, or or isolate. We have seen distances in place. We've seen people have to isolate some by force, some, you know, taking precaution. And we see that the need to build like-minded, like-hearted, I love that word, Francesca, like-hearted communities that not only inspire and support you, but enable you to also feel part of something bigger, right? So while you are, you know, by yourself, with your family, with your loved ones, you're also part of something bigger that enables you to continue. And I love the word growth. They use the word growth so beautifully. And, I, and I'll bring it back to bridging it. So to be able to not only keep on growing, but then bring your gifts as well. So you keep on sharing, you keep on taking, and, and a common unity, right? Coming back to your word, common unity, bringing the, the opportunity for all of us to be lifted together. Oh, thank you so much. I mean, I love that sort of thinking that we're all together in one, one focus and one purpose. And in fact, I have a little friend called Lexi. She's only five. And I was, I, I mentioned to you the other day, Rajiv, that, and this is a true story. I was playing with Lexi or creating with Lexi and her little sister, Marley, who's a year younger. And a sort of, you know, a little tension arose around the kitchen table. And Lexi went, girls, girls, one team, one dream, one team, one dream. <laughs> I mean, how beautiful is that? <laughs> so if Lexi knows what community sort of means to her at the age of five, Reggie, what does it mean to you? Well, I mean, it's, it's beautiful. Lexi actually nailed it, right? <laughs> if, you, if you bring a community together, that has common purpose, that has, that has 
the, the driving force to create impact together. So most people always wonder, right? So we're part of the community, um, regardless of what the community is, if you can continue to inspire each other to create impact and to, uh, to feel impact together, right? Then you see it, it drives you to participate. We spoke earlier the other day about communities that en enable you to show up authentically, to be safe, right? So the importance of being safe in a community, right? So being accepted for who you are, but yet being inspired to create impact together. No matter what your gifts are and how you contribute to that, you always feel safe that you can bring it together. So to me, community is a space that allows you to, to really show up, to be, and at the same time, to feel safe and, and authentic. Oh, thank you so much again. And that sort of brings me in. If we're feeling safe and authentic, Rajiv, um, what about in times of change particularly? Can you sort of stay in, in this and talk about being cared for, feeling inclusive, feeling heard, etc. in times of change? Over to you. So we talk about the present situation in times of change when things are happening around us that a lot of times are out of control. And when we want to respond to situations like this, what we need to lean on is a support system that enables you to you know, to bounce back, right? You want to build resilience. You want to find a way that you can dig for new ideas. Um, where do these ideas come from? Where does the support come from? Where do you nurture um, the heaviness? Sometimes people feel the need to share. And, and I just had a conversation this morning with someone, amazing conversation. And she was like, you know, I feel like I'm taking it all in from, from the people around my loved ones. And I feel that, you know, they're a little afraid and, and I want to respond. I want to, I want to be there for them. I want to be the rock. Right. And what keeps me, what keeps me grounded? What makes me rock is the people around me, the community supports me that gives me that energy. So a lot of times we need, sometimes you can be the support. Sometimes you can, you can lean on somebody else. And, and especially in times like this, where we need to be able to respond, I think a community should be versatile enough to also support and also be able to lean on you when you need, uh, when they need your support. Oh, that gives me a really good entry point here. So I want to lean on some of the audience. I know both Francesca and I do too. So any of you online today, if you've got some questions, please throw them in the chat. I mean, we've just gone on for about 10 minutes now. So we've got 30 minutes or so left. Please put them in there. And if anybody has a live question, I'd love to get you on, on online. So do let me know in chat, please. And also, uh, Franny, I'm gonna take it over to you then. So in doing all of this, and if we're building community and you've built, I think, I don't know, in four years, you know, a, a 7,000 strong community that I know myself is very active. And even looking around the screen, I can see some of the community members, you know, with us today. So how, how do you build community from the ground up? And then how do you get it to stick, Francesca? Yes, yes. Oh, well, I think that's it, that's really interesting because I don't think I didn't have any idea what I was doing when I set the silver tent up. I didn't have any concept of, of how it wasn't even really in my vocabulary. But but what happened was I got a very strong vision of what I wanted to create. It just sort of seemed to land fully formed in my imagination at a time of great challenge and distress for me when I had no idea what I was going to do next. And 
So it gave me this incredibly powerful star to steer by. It was just this sense of oh, that makes uh, more than total sense. I mean, total sense sounds a little bit mundane, but it was this in incredible vision that um, uh, inspired me massively and at the same time felt somehow of its time and doable. So I think how do we create community? I think it's by having a vision that totally compels every cell in our body to, to move forward. And, and it seems like I keep wanting to use this word crucible. I feel like it created this very powerful crucible that women were attracted to in a way that I didn't anticipate at all. Um, I was very naive. I'd never created anything like this before. And, and it just seemed to, to have its own momentum and so how to make it stick, I think, is, is part and parcel of having that unwavering vision that's completely anchored. Like, I, it's not possible to take me off course more than for a little sort of fantasy every now and again, you know. Um, and, and the pillars, the foundational pillars upon which it, it rests, if you have those absolutely solid, that you know what your community is about, why it's in existence, what the vision, the long-term vision is for what you want to achieve, then I think that's what pulls it all together. I think that's the bind, the binding agents. Thank you, very, very well put. And Rajiv, hold those bits because we might sort of unpick them with you, but We've got a couple of questions in, in the box here, in the chat box, but I'm going to call people online. So Debbie Nichol, do you want to, you're asking about dependency, dependency and inclusivity. Do you want to come on off mute and chat to us and ask that question? Can you do that, take your mute off, or would you like me to do it? I'll do it then. Okay. No, there you go. I've done it. I've done it. Hello, everybody. How are you? Um, great to hear what is being shared at the moment and to watch everybody's response. There was some really, and, and I was listening and typing and I couldn't capture it all, but there was a lot of congruence between what I was hearing in the definition of community between Rajiv and Fran Francesca, or Franny, <laughs> Um, but I hadn't heard the word or the functionality of dependency. So, and, and as I was writing it, something came up that alluded to dependency. But would either of the panellists or any of the panellists want to go a little bit deeper with how does community interact with dependency or what would a community be like? And, and dependency to me is not sense of belonging. It's a lot deeper. So I'm wondering if you'd like to perhaps, yeah, take that a little further. Awesome question, I think. Um, so I, I can see both of both Rajiv, Rajiv and Francesca. Rajiv's nodding away. Francesca's got her hand up. Okay, you've got your hand up, Francesca. Over to you. So you can go on mute now, Deb. Thanks so much. Brilliant, brilliant question. I thought you might go to Rajiv first then. <laughs> <Do> you, <laughs> we can. 
Well, I'm, I'm here. I, I'll go for it. But I was thinking of the word dependency as it has needy. That's how I, I, I took that on board. And how does a community deal with need, that need to, to feel a, a, belo a sense of belonging? And I think my experience in the, in the silver tent, I can only really go on that, is that actually those who are really needy I don't think do so well. Maybe, maybe initially for a while when there's a huge amount of welcome, a huge amount of support. But I think if somebody is really needy, it becomes all about them. And I was thinking when, when Rajiv was talking earlier, and, and I love the synchronicity and synergy between the way that we, we think about this, is I was, I was sensing this, this sense of breathing like a community has to breathe between its its members and the breathing I see as looking after myself, looking after the community, interacting for myself, interacting with the community. And if you're too dependent, you're only breathing in. You're just, there's a, a real taking from that energy. And I don't think that serves anybody. I don't think it helps the community to thrive. So really within community, I think we all need to find our own sovereignty while sort of weaving our energy together. So I, I hope that's answered in, in some way. Thank you so much, very much indeed. I'm going to take it over to Rajiv and you may pick that up, Rajiv, if you like, but I'm going to throw in and weave in another question that sort of fits into that dependency, etc. And this is from Mark, Mark Draw. How are we able to establish trust in a community that may be wary of authentic relationships? So over to you, Rajiv. Thank you so awesome. much. Awesome. First of all, I, I love these questions because you, you know, when we think about these words, first of all, trust is a very powerful word for every community, right? You want to establish and ensure that, that is one of the binding uh, traits that, that the community has. Dependency is also very interesting because I, I've, I've tended to see, and again, from personal experience, from the communities I work with as well, and I'm part of, I've seen that, uh, adding to what Francesca said, that the other side of the table is as you establish communities that, that feel part of the, the bigger whole, then there's, it, it's funny how naturally people pivot towards their own roles. And a lot of times you have someone who will then become a very supporting, who can, you know, can start to start to take care of those people that maybe need a little more attention. And it, it sort of starts to happen automatically. Now to come to the trust, the trust aspect of it, which is really interesting is, you know, we talk about, about, about trust, but it's, do communities allow you to show up vulnerable? So a lot of times we talk about this space of safety again, is do I need to wear this mask? Do I have to portray something different than I really am? Or am I just allowed to be myself in all of my flaws, right? So. I'll give you an example. Um, someone asked earlier, what's communities? As a society, how do you define a community? Well, communities can be a tiny space and it can, it can, right? it can grow to, to huge uh, populations, right? So it depends on, on what, but ultimately it all establishes one thing, is when a group of people come together, what's the space we are creating and how do we create that through common purpose? I'll give you an example in the pandemic. When the pandemic started, I was in a, a company meeting. And I know a lot of us, you know, when we started working from home, initially we weren't really used to that, you know, that idea where, okay, your personal space is now also your professional space. And 
I had my son walk in the middle of the meeting, right? And usually, if it was years before the pandemic, it would be very uncomfortable, right? You'd, you'd kind of be like, oh, go away, right? Because you want to be all professional. And, and being that, you know, I, I'm the CEO of that organization, I was like, hmm, that would have, but that day he came and sat on my lap, everyone stopped, they acknowledged him, right? They, they accepted, this is the reality. Everyone, he became part of the meeting and we continued. So I realized that it was, it, it's being vulnerable, being able to show up as human and everybody realizes we all are. And that gives everyone the permission to say, okay, it's okay who you are and how you are to show up. And it, it starts to bring down some of these walls. Now, I know it sounds a lot easier said than done, but as we start to practice this and we start to extend it to others and people start to role model it, communities start to embrace it more and more. This is what I find. Very, very powerful indeed. Yes, that, that question about society and the subset was Tony Blenheim, I think. So thank you so much. Um, I'm going to ask for um, Lewis, please get ready. Lewis, I see you said you have a question. But I also just was, while we're here, because I know you've, uh, all three of you, um, Sharad, uh, Rajiv, Francesca, and indeed us at Edgewalkers, Judy, have really grown um, sort of uh, what's the word? exponentially through DC, the numbers in our communities. And Susie Clark, I mean, you're asking about, you know, in the virtual world, do these communities uh, become more or less inclusive? So I'm, I'm going to go, Rajiv, to you for a minute, because, you know, you're, 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 your community uh, red thread is all around uh, happiness, which, of course, is the first of the four key or most researched and it comes top um, universal desires, which, you know, is happiness, security. Um, health and a sense of belonging. Can you talk to us about um, the virtual build of communities during DC and indeed why happiness is at the core of yours? Over to you. Well, I, I, I love that um, question. And, and I think in the virtual world more than ever, uh, like I said, as we, are, as we are trying to juggle all these different things in the air, um, a, lot of, a lot of individuals are looking to to go within, but yet when they go within, there's a support. So, so the question was how in, in the virtual world, how can we feel inclusive in a community and at the same time, you know, stand apart, right? Because as everyone's going within their own experiences, at least in the happiness in the space that I am in, I realized that, you know, when someone asked me, so what's the definition? How do you, how do you make someone happy? The truth is you can't, it's an internalized journey, right? We all go within, and we take what we need at that point in time as we start to work on our own well-being, right? But yet having a support structure that understands you and realizes that you're willing, A, you are willing to be in awareness, you're willing to step into that space, no matter where you are in that space at that point in time. And at the same time, you can then start to engage with people who are like-minded. I like like-hearted a lot, Francesca, so I'm gonna use that quite a bit tonight. Um, and, and, and then through that, you know, springboard yourself to continuously stay on course and start to you know, hold yourself. Because ultimately anything that we talk about when it comes to happiness, it's really about your own journey and continuously being resilient enough to go through it. Yeah, so I hope I kind of answered that. Yeah, well, thank you. I'm going to also then bridge it back to you, Francesca, because of course, 
your community has always been online. So, you know, talk about an edge walker, Judy. I mean, Francesca, you know, started growing this sort of virtual space, um, as we said, four or five years ago. So, um, you know, tell us about more or less inclusive then. I mean, I think there's a lot of less inclusivity there. Over to you. It was really interesting because I was exploring um, how we could take it more offline just um, as the pandemic hit. And so that sort of flew out of the window, really. Um, I don't think we've grown in, in numbers that much during the pandemic, interestingly. Um, and it's been quite a challenging time because, because of the fear that has run through so many people, the terror of, of getting COVID and dying from it or you know, losing family and friends and businesses and all, all that kind of thing. So what, what we tended to focus on more was, was um, creating live Zoom spaces for people to be heard and, and witnessed and, and held. Um, and, I, and I would put a lot of posts up in that virtual world saying, how are you feeling right now? How are you, how are you handling lockdown? And, and giving people that space to say, life wasn't great. You know, like life is really challenging. I'm having a really awful time and and allowing all of that, because often in, in the virtual world, you feel like you have to go, oh, I'm fantastic. Everything's wonderful. I'm so successful. I'm thriving. And so to actively create some spaces where we could be sad and in our grief and in our fear, I think really allowed a, a much more, much greater level of authenticity, a much greater level, therefore, of trust. And so I would lead that. I would, well, I think that's what I did anyway. That was my intention. Yeah. <laughs> um, so I think it, I'm not sure if I'm answering the question, actually, but yeah, I think I think it's creating those spaces where we can be witnessed and held and cherished. Yeah, I think I think you're answering it beautifully. I mean, it really is holding that space, holding, you know, holding that corny word in coaching, you know, that container. And, you know, whether it's in our actual living room or whether it's in the coffee bar down the road or whether it's online. And, and you have held it beautifully. And I know you have the two, Rajiv, and indeed you, Sharad. I mean, you've done brilliantly in the business community. I mean, there's a niche, you know, in the business community, DC, during Corona. Um, I mean, more than 30,000 you've held. And you just shared at the beginning that I didn't realize that you only really went online with this type of communication in, in uh, BC, uh, as on the cusp of BC to DC. You liked that. Um, um, Rajiv, here's what we're saying. <laughs> That's a Susanism. So I, I quickly found it. Now, I, I want to go to two cues from the room. Olivia, I know you, I'm not going to come to you next, but just to know I haven't, I, I didn't miss you and it didn't matter that you didn't put your question. I was going to come into you, but I wanted to go first to Lewis and then whatever you've got, uh, Olivia, we're coming to you wherever you are. So Lewis, you were first up actually with a question. Can you take your mute off um are you able to do that there you go now, now that you gave me instructions to do so yes can you hear me well great we can okay. have you got a question so, for us yeah very strange awkward question for me because for 40 years as at least susan knows in the first of my near-death experiences i was called as a straight white male of privilege 
to begin diversity training in this country where there was almost none about inclusion and, and oneness and uniqueness and valuing our unique differences toward our common goals in team, et cetera. So that's been my work for 40 years and I've learned to just live with community and oneness in every situation in which I find myself. But listen to these two trite ones for which I don't yet have an answer. One, um, I was just a victim of $5,000 of fraud on, on the internet, online. On one hand, that's just money and I, can, I have, might have to let go of it. But when I go back to the bank with whom in all these 40 years, millions of dollars have come through because of my work in the past 40 years. And so how can they, for millions of dollars, refuse to refund me the 5,000 that I was a victim of fraud because of a rule in the bank. It's amazing to me. There's no more community in that way. And the other question is similar. I've also spent the last year um, in cancer treatment of chemo of radiation and the successfully killed uh, the cancer, huge community of technical support and et cetera. And I even in the hospital discovered uh, I caught the virus and I not only got it, I got it so badly. I was in the ventilator for 10 days and I died twice. They lost me. My heart failed, my lung failed and the brilliant doctors were finding a way to bring me back. And I came out after 10 days into life again. And so I know I was called back to do more of this work with myself and other men for more unity in this year after the last years. So but in their case, one of the nurses, all the rest of whom were amazing, one of the nurses stole my wedding ring. And so I had to go rebuild a new one for $3,800, uh, just like we'd rebuilt, we'd built the first one. And they refuse to pay for it. After all this, they've gained, if you will, through payment through a year of saving me from cancer and, and death. So in both of these organizations, I'm trying to use spirit and energy, not just left brain understanding to say, wait a minute, after all that has gone through your organization, you are refusing to refund me either the 5,000 at Wells Fargo or the 3,800 at Kaiser. Are you kidding me? Yeah, hey, and, but uh, hey, uh, hey, Lewis, I'm just gonna <laughs> say, I mean, you know, all of those experiences that you've had. I mean, really, I mean, we're just thrilled and blessed to have you here to you know. share these tales with us. And I think the one on the 3,800, if that's how you say it, because we say yeah. 3,800 in the UK. That's right. Just put that one to the one side. And what I'm gonna do is bridge your fabulous, fabulous questions back to Rajiv and yeah. Francesca, just to speak into that and send you lots of love, Lewis. I mean, really, yeah. really, really, it's just wonderful that we can include you here in the community. I, I and appreciate your, it. Your well, spirit, yeah, spirit and inclusion doesn't seem to be working with them. So if you have any ideas of how I can continue to get them to allow okay, it, I'll, great. If I'll not, help one now. I'll help one now. I love this little hand that you're putting up. And so that would bring us into spiritual intelligence. And that would be having the wings of love and compassion. And, you know, knowing that, you know, we talk in 
before we talk out. And I know you do that so beautifully. Although of course we haven't met literally, we know each other through the virtual space. So back to Susie right. Clark's uh, quite inquiry around that. So bless you. So can I take it now? Can I take it over to the panel? Absolutely, please. Thank you, bless you. So Franny, can you talk in there to any bit? about that amazing story of stories. Oh, I'm just horrified that any of that happened. <laughs> um, I'm just sitting here sort of, you know, trying to get my jaw off, off the floor and just thinking how incredible that you're, you're still with us. And yeah. I don't think I have an answer, I, I'm afraid. <laughs> I, I'm not quite sure other than, well, you know, what an illustration of so those kinds of communities that are not, I think when we've been talking about community, I've been thinking about intentional community that someone puts together specifically as a community. Whereas I don't, I don't think the banking fraternity said let's create a community <laughs> or, you know, or the, the uh, medical fraternity either. And, um, and I, think, I think looking at how things can go so badly wrong um, is really useful if we're setting up a community. Like, what what do we need? What what values do we need to put in place so that if someone has a really bad experience, well, actually, how can we put values in place so that people don't have that kind of experience? Like, I don't know why. What are they thinking? I, don't know. I just want to go and shoot them in you know, a very spiritual place well, let, well let's take let's take that wonderful <laughs> thank you so so much Lewis. can can i i don't i can't pop you on to mute here but if you could do that or sharad will do it for you thank you so much and and i think what we can take there is is common purpose and and use that sort of the values of common purpose which you know we wish on all of those um experiences that Lewis has just talked to us about. And so I'm gonna take it to you, Rajiv, because I heard you the other day talking very much about common purpose. Can, can you speak into that and, and flash around it? First of all, um, Lewis, I, I, I just, you know, sending you a lot of love and light. Thank you for, you know, who you are and how you show up, right? And, and, I, I, and I will just answer, I'll answer you on this one, but I just wanna just say one quick thing to Lewis is that, isn't it amazing that with everything you've done and the space that you can hold, you're able to gracefully do that. So sometimes I think when we talk about common purpose and we talk about, about people coming together because they, they want to create impact, right? So ultimately, if we, all, if we all are here to do something with our life and to actually create impact, then our communities should actually inspire us to keep on moving and driving together, right? So when you have, and I'll address this question of trust right here, situations where people who don't have that same purpose and they're part of that group, they don't resonate with it too long, right? So have you noticed, and, I, and this is from my own experience, a lot of those people kind of fall out, right? It's just because they, they don't resonate with that space. So ultimately it doesn't, it doesn't drive them. It, it doesn't take them anywhere because they keep on looking for something else. So common purpose, when it comes from a space that, that really is driving you, you don't need anybody else to motivate you to move you forward. And, and if you remember the other day when we were speaking, you said, Raj, what happens when you have many communities? And, and 
how does, can you have common purpose that actually brings more than one community together? And the answer to that was yes, because just imagine if we all are, if we can link all these amazing communities that are driving towards creating impact, just imagine how much impact that can create worldwide, right? It is beautiful. And of course, there's going to be situations and, and, and instances where there's going to be situations where, where things don't, you know, there are people who maybe take advantage and, and but just when those situations happen, I ask myself, because we've all gone through situations, how resilient are we? What, what is driving us? Is it that common purpose, Francesca, Susan, Lewis? What is, you know, if you dedicated yourself to going out there and holding the space, then just do it with grace, I guess, right? Uh, indeed, I mean, grace, don't we wish it upon us all? But, you know, Lewis, um, again, you know, thank you so much for being so brave to share. And you are, um, uh, I think I, I invite you to go to chat because that you're getting a lot of support on there, including those, that, you know, we've got Richard, who actually is a, a nurse, a critical nurse or in the medical sectors whose jaw is on the ground. So, you know, you're getting a lot of support there, which I think, sort of let me take a, something you said about impact, Rajiv, and, and start to shift some language. So, you know, if in, in BC, before corona, um, you know, it, it, in the commercial world, um, some are suggesting in the chat as well that we're giving lip service, BC, to community and, and to loyalty of our customers. And because, of course, what we were after was an objective and our objective was to have an outcome and that outcome was probably revenues and profit. So just looking towards the lens of DC into AC, I mean, wouldn't the wish be that, you know, with words matter, that the objective becomes what uh, intention do we have and that the outcome becomes what impact do we want to have? Really? So we can only really hold that, can't we? Yes, and really just sort of, well, I suppose lead the way, show the way and uh, be the change. You know? So I'm going to then just, Livia, you've been hanging around for so long. I mean, there's others of you in the chat and it's wonderful, wonderful questions. I'm trying to weave them all in. But Olivia, would you like to just in a nano um, uh, ask your question and we'll sort of begin to close with that. Thank you so much. Sure, and I just want to say, Ranjeev, that your comment about bringing communities together, because this feels like my community's coming together. I've been at Edgewalker for over 10 years and then been with Silver Tent for a year. And I would like to create a community, but I struggle with the, trying to balance being involved in it and then needing time to kind of go away, you know, and, and have alone time. So I'm wondering how you guys work with that. I love that question. Um, I, should, I, should I take this? So uh, Olivia, first of all, um, thank you for being so patient and you were waiting to ask. So I, um, I know that feeling, you know, a, a lot of us, you know, it's, it's, it's not, a, a lot of us are dealing with, we have many communities, right? So there is gonna be an overlap. And a lot of times you can only give as much as, as you know, as much as like they say, right? If your cup is full, you can, you can give, but if your cup is half empty, you really can't do. There's times you need to recharge, right? And now with, with the digital, the virtual world, um, sometimes you just got to unplug a bit, right? I mean, so you feel like this, I got to unplug a bit. So I guess that's where the common purpose and everybody else jumps in, right? Because I always figure that everyone's going to be at different energy levels, right? 
So hopefully your community is strong enough. It's, I, I have a hard time seeing, and, and I've seen communities, and I'm not, I'm not judging it because it, it happens, and I'm sure there's purpose there as well, but where a few people drive it. And when a few people drive it, it can lose momentum very fast. But when it's driven by the community, then you having to step back and then step back in when you can, it should be okay, right? So I guess the question is, what's really bringing us together and what's keeping us together, right? I, I guess that's the answer. How does that feel? Yeah, that and makes sense. <clears throat> I've always been a loner for various reasons, just with the way my life worked out. And I, <clears throat> I need to get better at, at working together with people, perhaps to lead it so that it isn't all my burden. So that's really helpful. Mm. Okay. Well, you're here with us now. And of course, as you said, you're very much part of the Edgewalker community and indeed the Silver Tent. And um, tonight we have, you know, a very mixed, gorgeous bunch of us online. So we're the community this evening. So we hope that nourishes you, Olivia. Please go step forth. But Francesca, what would you say to Olivia? Oh, well, Olivia, it's lovely to, to see you here. And, and what came up for me then as Rajiv was talking so eloquently is that sense of, of, of taking that onus off yourself. Because the moment that I feel like I should be in the silver tent and I should be doing this, that and the other, I resent it, totally resent it. It's like, I don't want to be there. Why do they need me so much? And has nothing to do with the, the membership of the Silver Tent and everything to do with me. And I think what I find is when I engage from my heart, then I want to be there. Mm -hmm. And I'll know naturally when I am actually working from my heart, it's not like I've got this all sorted out, but I'm still learning this. But I'll know when I need to back off a little bit. And it's, it's again, it's that sense of breathing, giving to the community, giving to yourself, giving to mm. community, giving to yourself. And so, so my, I think my best offer would be take that should label off and allow yourself to play in, in that space of when you really choose to connect. And, and, and you will do once you take the shoulds off and you'll just automatically know when you want to be involved and engaged. Oh, I love that phrase, don't you? When you take the shoulds off. So it's not your shoes, it's the shoulds. <laughs> thank you so much, Olivia, and thank you all. And I'm just gonna please encourage you all to have a look in the chat because there's some fabulous captures there. Sherrod, you'll be able to capture the chat, won't you? Absolutely, yes. Thank you so much. We'll, we'll, we'll nourish some of that later and curate it into some other content and get back to, to those of you that we can. So thank you so much indeed. Um, I'm going to Judy. Um, may I sort of, I don't, I don't sort of see that there's any way I can sort of do any more and sort of close anything here. I think this has no end. This is the part of the infinite game that we talk about in Edgewalkers tonight. You know, our conversations with you, Francesca, and you, Rajiv, are just part of a, a finite moment in the infinite game of community. So Judy, would you be so kind as to sort of tell us what you heard and, and give us some steer <laughs> over to you, Dr. Judy Neal. Thank you so much, Susan and Francesca and Rajiv and Sharad. Um, I wanna build on the one of the last comments 
about um, the weaving of these communities together. And something that, that's inspired me from years ago is the book Aquarian Conspiracy by Marilyn Ferguson. And those of you who want to build community, if you've not read this book, this is an absolute essential book to read, The Aquarian Conspiracy. It's a book about how people who are wanting to have impact, to build on Rajiv's word, um, want to, you know, they think they're the only ones. And there's a real cohesiveness and intensity in building that group when you think you're the only one, but it also is exhausting and it's hard. And over time, you find out, oh, there's another group doing something similar, and there's another group doing something similar. And you begin to weave these together. And according to Marilyn uh, Ferguson, what happens is of a, a big shift in the social web, the social culture, and I would say the spiritual web as well, when these groups link up, everything shifts up another level. And today is such a beautiful example of these communities coming together. And so I thank you, Susan and Sherrod, especially for organizing this, and Rajiv and Francesca for really filling in the, I'm thinking of a weaving, and you're filling in the design of the warp and the weft so beautifully. So, so thank you for that. My, what I heard, um, I decided that the best way to do that is to share this list of words that kept coming up and standing out. Like-hearted, I think, is at the top of the list. I think everyone's going to walk away with that. Um, and a real emphasis on growth and balanced with responsibility, the importance of purpose and the importance of impact, um, safety and authenticity, those kept coming up. The centrality of having vision, and vision is tied into purpose, and those, those are very much a part of the Edgewalker model. And I love the image of breathing, for, breathing in for yourself and breathing out to the community. Those are the, the phrases that really um, kept repeating and, and um, I want to hang on to, and I hope others do too. And then I wanted to add a couple more words to that list. And one of those is coherence. I'm working with a doctoral student who is studying coherence in groups and the and shift in consciousness, which is very exciting that somebody's doing a dissertation on that. Um, and you know, I felt like there's a real coherence. There, it isn't three or four communities that came together today. It's one. There, there is the shared common purpose and sense of wanting to make an impact. It's just that we didn't know each other, but now we know that we are all in the same community. And that, that feels so beautiful. Um, I've been working on studying global consciousness. And one of the phrases that really drives me to do that is something that I heard a while back that said, the next Buddha will be the Sangha. And so this is no longer about my enlightenment or your enlightenment. It is how we collectively raise our consciousness and shift from the me to the we. Um, and so I think th those are the key things that I take away from this conversation that, um, you know, in Japan, when you meet somebody, um, you know, the way you say, it's nice to meet you, hajimimashite. It means 
not literally, it's nice to meet you. It means it is a beginning. So, hajimimashite. That's beautiful, oh. Judy. Yeah, I suppose to tell you what's coming next. You what's are. <laughs> um, yeah. What's coming next in Edgewalkers is, well, every week, um, either Susan or Patricia or I do a blog. And so we're always sharing our thoughts about, with what's going on in the world and relating it to how we support edgewalkers, people on the cutting edge, on the leading edge. Um, so that, that's on our edgewalkers.org website. And then a month from now, on May 3rd, I'm sorry, June 3rd, we will do our next Edgewalker Cafe. And um, we haven't um, determined what that is yet, but I do want to let you know that Lewis Griggs will be one of our guests coming up soon in an Edgewalker Cafe. And also Cindy Wigglesworth, who heads the SQ21 community, which are coaches who use spiritual intelligence. Oh, she's got the book. I bet she's got the book. <laughs> uh, that's great. So so uh, Cindy will be one of our, um, our guests on the Edgewalker Cafe too, as well. The, the last thing I want to share is we have just finalized an instrument called the Archetypes of Change that uh, within the next two weeks, you'll be able to take online and find out your relationship to, you know, this is all in times of change that we're talking about today. Um, what is your relationship to change? We have a whole theory behind ways people respond um, and this, there are five archetypes of change. So there's information on our website, but you can't take the instrument quite yet. We haven't quite, um, what's the word, automated it. So we're, we're going to do that soon. But thank you all again for this beautiful weaving. Thank you everybody for being here. Uh, thank you to the people who are gonna watch this later. We're glad that you're a part of these beautiful interconnected communities that wanna have such an important impact on the world. The world needs us, so go forth. Bless you, thank you so much, Judy. Thank you, thank you. Um, look, I'm just gonna break this sort of flow here and we're going to go into a lovely finale. So we'll be about another five minutes, everybody. But Franny and then Rajiv, just one, you know, quick, I don't know, finale bridge from each of you. Francesca, you first. Oh, um, I mean, what an, what an awesome, awesome experience to be part of this and to, to just feel the ebb and flow of the conversation and the insights and the understanding and and I love I love the way that we're one community I think that's just really beautiful I felt that very much in my heart thank you bless you Fran thank you so much Rajiv well uh Judy thank you for your words uh really really beautiful and and uh Susan Sherrod Francesca thank you for for this amazing conversation, right? So we can grow and learn together. I leave you all with one amazing word. Someone asked me this, I said, what is the glue that holds communities together? And uh, the answer that, that seemed to be the only answer was love, right? So as long as we, we stick to that space of love, everything is one common unity, isn't it? Oh, so. That's beautiful, thank you. I'm so glad I got you two to speak there and broke the rules of the Thank you. So I'm, I'm going to take the appreciation into two areas now, into um, Patricia uh, Campanile, who is um, our 
uh, Edgewalker associate that Judy mentioned earlier that you know works so hard with Judy and I and Ellis to Ellis Ralph to keep the community here going and um, she's on the road today I don't know if she's managed to get into the room yet but her husband uh, Dario Campanella is the most amazing amazing artist and and Dario um, has allowed us to use his beautiful art, you know, in, in um, if you like, the communication, I don't like to use the word promotion, but the communication of our cafes and our blogs. So um, if you go to www.campanelleabstractart.com, I mean, the most beautiful work and really conducive to community and Edgewalker, just the way he channels all this gorgeous, gorgeous artwork. Which then sort of brings me into saying, you know, we've been speaking today, we've been um, looking at each other. So we've been using quite a few of the senses. Um, and of course, art is another great way of communicating. I can see Mark Wentworth there with some beautiful, colorful art behind him. Wave Mark, so we can all see you. You know, so look there, Mark loves some artwork. So, but also, of course, um, music is such a great communicator, it's such a leveler. And in fact, you know, it can go across all, um, all languages, all boundaries, can't it, music? And I can see we've got people here from Portugal, from Brazil, from the United Arab Emirates, from Bahrain, and from Saudi Arabia, from the US, from the UK, and, and more. So I'm now going to bring it into uh, Fayetteville, Northwest Arkansas and um, put the spotlight on Ellis Ralph, who is an Edgewalker and part of our Edgewalker team and Judy's husband. Ellis, are you there in spotlight? Can we throw it on you and give you the room? Ellis. Thank you. I really loved the discussion today. I loved hearing the phrase like-hearted. Uh, I hadn't really thought of that before. And I've just been using the phrase in the title, people who care. surprising because they share our family name hey even haters do the same if we are ever gonna see the world at peace the way it ought to Got to care for those outside our families. For 
for everybody and all humanity. Justice is not the wish of givers who have learned to love, to live, to serve. Justice can just give us what we earn and just what we deserve. To be love livers and forgivers then a new page must be turned new way must be learned vengeance must be spurned faith must be returned promised land here and now would be really not that hard people who care show us how if we'd all just do our part if they're living we would follow starting here and now today the whole wide world tomorrow would be well upon its way. If we are ever gonna see the world at peace the way it ought to be. That'll be the day some people who cared finally got their way. That'll be the day some people who cared finally got their way. That'll be the day. You can all come off mute to, to congratulate Ellis. Ellis, that was wonderful so much. Thank you so, so much. I think through your music and your song, you have spoken to so many. You know? And there's some amazing comments in the uh, chat, including you've really, really brightened and lifted our day. So everyone, you know, thank you all so much for being with us and, and, and starting this community tonight because this is, we'll never forget this, will we?
tonight for me. I know it's day for some of you. And, you know, I was looking through the geographies again just now, and I see, you know, we're as far afield as, as, as Africa, Nigeria, Kenya. Um, I think we've even got India. I saw India leave, God, God bless India at the moment in such a bad, a bad way. So um, I'm going to say thank you. Sharad, leave it over to you just to close the room and bless you. Uh, oh, just before I do that, can I also say thank you to Ali and Chaminda, um, who I can see with lovely green backgrounds, both of you. Thank you for being here and, and so looking after the tech at the backside. Thanks, Ali. So Sharad, over to you to close the room. Before we close, I have to request our audience to smile for the camera because we are going to take a group photograph and create a nice collage for this event, which will be emailed to all of you as your souvenir and take away for this lovely, I mean, I'm having my Gautam Buddha moment right now. I feel enlightened listening to our panelists. It's been amazing. And I just wish it could go on, but like all good things, we have finished on a real high note. Let's all go out there. Let's uh, spread joy. Let's spread love. And I think uh, what's needed is we need to spread optimism, right? So thank you all. Thank you, Dr. Judy Neal. Thank you, our panelists. Francesca, we love you. Rajiv, likewise. And uh, Susan, you created magic yet again, right? So uh, thank you all. Stay connected. We've got a nice community going. Thank you for investing your 65 minutes with us. We loved every moment of it. And see you again on the other side. So bye for now and stay connected. Stay safe. <laughs>